Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists out there. Welcome to Rocky Talkie. It's a podcast about anything and everything Rocky Horror. I'm Aaron. I'm John, and my cock is out. And this week, we are joined on air by one of our fellow NYC RHPS cast members, Keely Haggerty. Hi! <laughs> What's up? Uh, nothing much. <laughs> Very excited to be here. That makes one of us. Now, Keely, obviously everyone here knows you extremely well, but for the listeners who may not have had the pleasure of meeting you yet, could you tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I mean, hi, I'm Keely. Um, I've been on cast for about a little over a year now. Um, I play Frank, Magenta, Janet. I've done Colombian Rocky like once or twice. Um other than Rocky, I love drag and dancing. Um, I'm currently studying stage management and theatrical directing. Um, I'm a cat mom to Biscuit. He's my little baby. Having a gay old time. Wow, you are so interesting. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, amazing. Keely, thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited as hell to have you on the show or at least i am john i won't speak for him <laughs> so before we dive into all of this rocky talk we got today uh we do the thing we want to know and ask each other how you been what have you been up to how was your week did you do anything fun john what have you been up to uh i've been doing a lot of work that doesn't sound fun no, not at all. It's actually been a, a pretty hectic couple of past weeks for me. So I found out I'm going to be candid with, with you and Keely and all of our listeners. I am being removed from my position at my job in June. Uh, they are not reappointing me. They are not renewing my contract. Uh, so I've been on the hunt. I just recently got off of an interview on Tuesday. We're recording this on a Thursday. So that went really, really, really well. I don't get to know for a couple of weeks, though, because I was their first interview, and they are interviewing for a bunch of other weeks. So I probably won't know until like the end of April, maybe even early May, one way or the other. But it seemed like it went really well, so I'm excited. I've been seeing a lot of theater recently. Uh, I recently went to go see Camelot at Lincoln Center, which was fantastic. Uh, I went to go see the new Candor and Ebb and Miranda at this point, musical New York, New York, which was incredible. I've seen Fat Ham twice in the past couple of weeks. This coming Sunday, I'm seeing Aaron Tveit's closing at Moulin Rouge. Uh, I'm very sad, clearly, so I'm trying to dull the sad by spending a lot of money going to see theater. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So work is slow and sad, but theater is alive and bumping. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been up to uh, a lot of theater as well. Uh, Meg and I went and saw the opening night of Bad Cinderella. Oh, uh, God, I want to. It uh, It's right there in the title. It tells you everything you need to know about <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber's newest hit <clears throat> musical. Uh, no, it was fun. It was absolutely fucking fun. The costumes are insane. The lighting's crazy. The dancing's absurd. Like, if you go into it wanting to just see, you know, a fun Broadway show... That's a, definitely a show for you. Like, it, it's super fun. Um, I don't think it's going to be up there, you know, at, as the pinnacle of his catalog, but uh, it's worth it's worth taking a look at. So that was super fun. Keely, how about you? What have you been up to? Um, I've been in the midst of moving. So that's been 
fun and stressful. <laughs> yeah, I moved from the East Village up to the Heights, so John and I are neighbors. Yeah, no, Kelly and I are going to have to be best friends now. I'm yes. so sorry. <laughs> what? For for me or for Keely? Yes. Cool. <laughs> um, other than that, I've just been getting through. We're about to hit Tech Week for my school show. We're doing Chekhov's Uncle Vanya. I'm a whore for Chekhov. Um, but yeah, that's been it. <laughs> well, from one whore to another, I think that's a great segue. Let's kick it on over into some global news. Okay, guys, so first up in global news, we're going to start off with some really hard-hitting journalism that is both utterly mind-blowing and ultra-relevant to the Rocky Horror community. In fact, I think that this honestly might be the most fascinating set of stories we have ever covered on this show. So, take it away, Keely. Wait, what? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, utterly mind-blowing and ultra-relevant and super-duper fascinating. Come on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Is this the one on, on page two of the script, the meatloaf thing? Yeah. Go ahead, Keely. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know what John's talking about. This headline says, Guy is good at karaoke, and it's just a video of some guy, looks like he's from New Jersey, singing a meatloaf song in an obnoxiously well-lit restaurant. Uh, Yeah. But did you listen to the song? No. Guys, does this really count as news? I don't know, Keely. Are you accusing such highly esteemed and reputable news sources such as Yahoo, MSN, MSN Canada, as well as three separate news radio programs, including, but not limited to, Boston Rocks 92.9, Dave and Chuck the Freak Morning Show, airing weekdays from 5.30 to 10.30 a.m. Are you saying that they have disseminated puff pieces to their audience? Yeah, Keely. Do you think Dave and Chuck the Freak would air a softball story? They know their listeners only want the hardest, firmest, veiniest news shoved into their ear holes just like our listeners <sighs> she came i think a study came out this week reporting that on average americans consume one credit card's worth of microplastics every year in our drinking water and chuck the freak is using his daily four-hour media program to inform bostonians that a guy sang a song real good at an applebee's in denville new jersey yeah, but Keely, did you listen to the song? No, but I bet our listeners haven't either. Let's listen together. <laughs> the song is a tide, it's a tide. The song is a star, it's a bird. As long as you feel tired,
sound a lot like meatloaf. I get it. Okay. This is actually pretty big news. Yeah, especially if you're ever in the market for a meatloaf impersonator to perform at your kid's next birthday party. What? What? Well, congrats to the guy who sang the meatloaf song so so good. You 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 really you meted it up, buddy. If anyone who's listening to this would like to be meted up, you can email me at hijohnamdad at gmail.com. <laughs> All right, daddies. While we're on the subject, I feel like I've done a quite a bit of karaoke since I've been involved with Rocky. But none of y'all ever want to sing Rocky songs. All right. Well, first off, I never want to sing any songs at karaoke. When we do Our Wicked Lady, the show's over and I leave. And that's 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 it. That's the tea. No, but, that's like uh, the best part of the night, John. No, it's the most uncomfortable part of the night because the people that go to our Wicked Lady are fucking weird. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> that. That's the, the views of Rocky Talkie do in no way represent the views of the New York City Rocky Horror Picture Show cast, especially things John says. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So if you had uh, to no. pick one song from the movie, what would it be? Like to do a karaoke? Yes. Um... Probably science fiction double feature or sort of Damocles. Good answers. Those aren't like the biggest, most hopping numbers to do at a karaoke. Like, I feel like like Sweet Tea or Hoppatootie are like the most like karaoke songs. But um, for me, my voice sits the best with either sort of Damocles or a science fiction double feature. I could rock once in a while, but I don't want to put the bar to sleep. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I, I do not. I do not sing. I especially do not sing at karaoke. Um, I don't want anybody to be inflicted with that. Uh, does shock treatment count? Can I pick a shock treatment song? No. Shock treatment never counts. Rocky Jason is good too, but like, come on, what about Rocky? Okay. Um, I guess if I had to pick a Rocky song, it's it's... It's probably Hot Patootie. It's probably the only one I can stumble my way through. Um, I mean, not well. Certainly not well. Nobody would want to hear this. I don't. I. I don't think it would be fun. Um, if 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 I can go outside of Rocky, like looking at an ace would probably be really cool. Bitchin' in the kitchen, I think, is one that like I think would be funny, and I would know. Plus, it's a duet, so like I don't have to be the only one up there. So I think that one's pretty good. <laughs> Oh, Aaron, are you telling me that you want to duet Bitchin' in the Kitchen with me at uh, Our Wicked Lady next time? Boy, I sure don't, John. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it'll be your birthday. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, happy birthday. Doing the thing you fucking hate. Yeah. You, you what about what about you, Keely? What, what, I mean, you actually sing and you like to sing. So, like, what's your go-to karaoke Rocky song? Um, I mean, I haven't really done Rocky at karaoke before. I, I think... If I had to pick one for shits and giggles, it would probably be... I think Hot Patootie would be fun to do, just because, like, that sits pretty well in my range. Like, Columbia and Eddie are kind of in my sweet spot. Um, I feel like if I, if someone got me drunk enough, maybe I'd do Eddie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Note to self, free shots for Keely. Do the Dr. Scott voice from the day he was born. <laughs> That's he always was. a fun run, right? I, I, I never think of that one as like a real song. I don't know. Missy Missy from Cast slays it every time. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, it's it's certainly the one you get to do the most with, right? Like you just go crazy. Actually, it's almost speaky, so maybe that is one that I'd be good at. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> mission, mission for next Cassidy's night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, John mentioned it earlier. Uh, we do a show at Our Wicked Lady. It's a a bar in Brooklyn, rooftop bar, really cool. And after the show, usually most of the cast, except for John, sticks around and uh, does karaoke downstairs in the bar afterwards. It's super fun. Uh, it lets us engage with the audience a lot more. There's been so many times where just after the show, usually, you know, you kick the audience out real quick and like nobody's there. But since we get to hang out there and talk to them, lots of people will come up and talk to us. They'll ask about joining cast. They'll ask about, oh, where else do you guys perform? So it's just a great avenue to like keep the party going after Rocky, especially because those are an earlier show like we usually do a 9 or a 10 p.m start i think i would feel more inclined to like stick around if they weren't on mondays yeah that's the other thing that's a that's a (laughs) that's a monday night venue for us usually so it's it can go a little late make make that tuesday morning 9 a.m wake up call a little difficult yeah usually the first day of school starts on a Tuesday and pretty much the start of every semester has been right after an Our Wicked Lady show. So that's been fun to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we may not kill it as awesome as this guy does out in New Jersey. uh, But, uh, you know, that's the first uh, in our fabulous meatloaf roundup. So while we're on the subject of our boy meat, He made another appearance in the news this week, which is amazing for a dead guy. And this time, it comes from a much sexier source. That is right, Aaron. America's heartthrob, Seth Rogen, has finally spoken out about his controversial decision to include the right-wing songster in his 2016 cinematic masterpiece, Sausage Party. Now... We all know that everyone who's anyone has seen Sausage Party, at least a handful of times. But for any of our listeners who may have been in a coma since before the movie came out and only just woke up today, the film chronicles the adventures of a ragtag gang of sentient foods as they learn about what happens to the groceries after they leave the supermarket and come to -to face-to-face with their own mortality. Think like Toy Story 3 with way more sex and really dark. I would like Toy Story 3 with a lot of sex. Um, no. <laughs> I think that's just called Toy Story. That's called Mama's Drawer Story. <laughs> I guarantee you there. You know what? I'm going to look up. I'm going to try and find it now. The main Toy character Story is still named Woody, sex. so you're good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and Buzz. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> this tracks. Toy Story parody porn videos on Pornhub. Let's see. It's a good thing we're nah, all Nah, it's just right a bunch now. of people in cosplay. Oh, oh there is one girl blowing somebody with uh, Pennywise makeup on. There's a snake in my boot. No, girl, it's up your ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, I can't close out of Hub now. Anyway, yeah. oh, I read that. <laughs> Seth Rogen is the sexy, sexy brains inside the sexy, sexy body that is behind the creation of this instant classic but even in spite of his awesome genius seth still ran into some difficulty while producing the film particularly when it came to his decision to include the power ballad i would do anything for love presumably because get this meatloaf's name is actually a food yeah so like it fits in with like the theme of like the sentient groceries yeah yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, is right. Uh, Seth's whole idea was to feature a singing meatloaf performing the song during like a montage moment. But there was one hiccup. Seth Rogen needed to get Meatloaf's approval. So in the article, Seth recounted to reporters his decision to just like call the musician, explain the situation, and hope for his sign-off. He was sent Meat's phone number around 2.30 in the afternoon. That's West Coast time because Seth lives in sunny California. And he states, I called him. The phone's ringing and ringing. I call like 10 times because I'm supposed to call it. And finally, Meatloaf answers. He's like, huh? What? Huh? I'm like, Meatloaf, it's Seth Rogen. He goes, you woke me up from a nap. So I'm like, bad start. So at this point in the conversation, Meatloaf insists that Seth refer to him as Meat, which Seth recounts as weird. He continues, so I explained, look, Meat, I have this film called Sausage Party, and in it, Food Talks, and there's a scene where we're using one of your songs. We thought it would be funny if we cut to a Meatloaf singing the song as your name is Meatloaf. The food Meatloaf is also called Meatloaf. <laughs> Say Meatloaf again. <laughs> meatloaf. Meatloaf. Uh, meatloaf. So there was like 30 seconds of silence, and then Meatloaf just goes, yeah, I get it, and then he hung up. Hollywood! <laughs> <laughs> Showbiz, baby. Uh, and that, children, is the story of how Seth Rogen overcame the elder millennial's two greatest weaknesses, phone calls and afternoon naps, and triumphed by perfected the celluloid marvel that is Sausage Party. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> Just for reference, Meg wrote this, and she really likes Sausage Party. And Seth Rogen. I mean, that's fair. I love Seth Rogen. I agree with all these. Yeah, I wouldn't say Sausage Party is one of his 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 finer works, but I mean, oh, not even close. But like, have you ever seen Zach and Miri make a porno? Like, no, dude's hot. That movie, yeah, that movie's good. Okay, The Fablemans though, he ate and left no crumbs. <laughs> I've not seen that one. I guess no. Guess my, it is uh, Netflix so good. It did not win any awards this year, and I'm not trying to get into an Oscars debate, but. I, I was mean, just like, ah! Realistically, my, I think Hillman's actually had a really good chance if it did not come out the year of everything ever well at once, you know? Yeah, like, I just, uh, like, Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg, like, I don't know, such a good little team. I like Agreed. A little duo we weren't asking for, but didn't know we needed, and yeah. Seth Rogen screwed over by a movie with dildos yet again. Again. God damn it. It's his weakness. Yeah. No, not the dildos. I'm allergic to latex. <laughs> well, on that note, and next up in totally not just meatloaf news, we turn from a sausage party to a night of dicks. A performance of the meatloaf musical Bad Outta Hell in London's West End was halted for several minutes during one of its final performances due to a disruptive audience member. One audience member reported that, quote, it got a bit heated and that swearing could be heard in the audience over the music. Apparently, an argument erupted after several people had been singing along with the actors. The show came to a stop, the house lights were brought up, and the cast left the stage as security staff dealt with the incident and other audience members chanted out, out, out. Now, obviously Bad Out of Hell isn't Rocky Horror, so lots of rambunctious audience behavior isn't the norm. I think... The worst audience behavior I've ever seen at Rocky. I don't know if this is like bad audience behavior, but I feel like whenever people get up before Sweet Tea, because we have like one aisle in our theater. 
So when I do Frank and people are like getting up to go to the bathroom right before sweet tea, it makes me so antsy because I'm like, oh God, am I going to like strut backwards into someone? And one time this girl was like slosh out of her mind. Like she had great boots on and I remember her getting up and I was like, I'm anxious, but love the boots. But then she was stumbling and one of our castmates like helped her out to the bathroom. She got a car home. She was all good. But like that was, I think, one of the weirdest audience moments I've endured in my time here. God, there's been so many bad audience members <laughs> in my time. Like, oh, God. Right? Yeah, I think I the one that comes to my most recent memory was a show that I actually wasn't even there for, but I had just heard about it. We were doing a show at this hotel in the meatpacking district called The Standard. Oh, God. Oh, no. And they blocked like, this show out. <laughs> and after, like, the first show that we ever did there, they kind of, like, reevaluated how we were performing. So we just kind of performed this just, like, there's no stage area. It's just kind of, like, you just mindlessly meander through the tables. And it was a show there. It was, like, our fourth or fifth show ever there. But this one show particularly, we had a lot of new people on that night. And we had, like, one or two seasoned vets. And there was apparently, like, some famous YouTuber that was at the show. And him and his, like, group of friends were just, like, sloshed out of their mind. And they just kind of, like, kept getting up and, like, pulling the attention off of the actors and putting it on them. Because, like, he was famous. And people were like, oh, my God, there he is. And he kept, like, getting up and dancing. Which is, like, fine in most theater but in this area, it's a very, like, intimate arrangement where if somebody gets up, everyone sees them. And he just kind of kept pulling a lot of the attention away from the cast members. And since a lot of them were new, they were all really, like, sad and upset <laughs> that nobody was really paying attention to them. I, I remember somebody in his party that was dressed as Rocky. This guy kept, like, trying to drink water. He was so drunk. But he kept spitting it all over the place. And then... His friends were laughing at it so much that he started intentionally spitting at his other friends, which yeah. seemed funny for, like, the first, like, ten seconds of it. But then this girl that was dressed as Janet just – he spat a whole, like, mouthful of water in her face, and she fucking lost it at him. Like, you saw him, like, running after her as she's going to the bathroom, like, trying to desperately drunkenly apologize. But, like, man, that was – Oh, that was. This was all during the show too. Yeah, (laughs) we they everyone. It was a. It's like a place that seats like what maybe like sixty, sixty five people at most, and (laughs) this is all happening while like fucking lab scene is going on. (laughs) And and that's a good example of the you know the venue didn't really like care too much about like how sloshed the people were getting right. Like it was they were they were just getting drunk and whatever. Our general movie theater shows, you don't see that kind of thing, right? Because our venue staff's pretty good about not letting people in. The most that I ever have to do, like, at our regular shows is go, like, remind somebody, you know, put away the lighter or, like, hey, bro, maybe you shouldn't be standing directly in front of the lights hitting your vape pen. Like, chill out, man. Remember, you're still in a public place. It's not your fucking living room. Like, anyway... That incident at Bad Out of Hell comes alongside a report from the UK Broadcasting Entertainment Communications and Theatre Union, um, Bechtu for short, but Bechtu reported that almost 90% of the 1,500 surveyed theatre staff experienced or witnessed problematic audience behavior. More than 70 believed that it had worsened since the COVID-19 pandemic. 
And just this week, Bektu announced a Anything Doesn't Go campaign. Its goal was, quote, tackling antisocial behavior in UK theaters. One of their primary calls to action, requiring venues to put better policies in place for throwing out assholes who get too fucked up, and enforcing rules at the door when people show up shit-faced. Though, I will point out, they said it in much nicer words. This this honestly surprised me. I mean, I and I I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys can can cue me in on this. Like, I go to a lot of theater and I don't see a ton of horrible audience members. Now, I mean, I think that speaks a lot to the staff that has to deal with those audience members. And you know, when I kind of really think about it, ninety percent almost seems a bit low. Like, crappy audience members are just an eventuality of any kind of live performance. However, the goals that Baktu's talking about here are more than reasonable and, frankly, common sense. So, best of luck with their campaign. Still, we've all had to deal with those venues that would rather replace employees than turn away ticket holders. And speaking of stage shows and assholes that are disrupting people just going about their day, the 50th anniversary UK touring stage show performed an impromptu flash mob style performance of Time Warp at Birmingham's New Street Rail Station. The appearance was a promotion for the local stop on the tour, playing in Birmingham throughout the weekend. So, you know, sometimes they do come to your job and sing at you. <laughs> it uh, it featured the entire core cast, Riff Magenta, Columbia, Frank, Brad, and Janet, along with eight undercover cast members singing, tapping, and dancing in Birmingham's busiest city center. It is, in fact, a central hub of the British railway system. Judging by the massive gathered audience, they certainly must have disrupted a lot of commutes. Keely, that's nothing, with as of the time of this recording, nearly 1.5 million TikTok views, that's almost 75,000 hours people have wasted watching Time Warp in a train station. <laughs> alright, alright, we give them shit, but I mean, this is cute, I like it. They hauled out the entire primary cast, got them into costumes and makeup, and I mean, they just shot a ton of social media videos. There's one of Frank that's, like, just going shopping in the market. There's one of Brad and Janet taking some cute photos in a photo booth. And then another one that's got Riff, Magenta, and Frank that are just, like, slowly descending down an escalator towards a bewildered and unsuspecting Brad and Janet. This isn't the first year that they've made Birmingham a viral promotion spot. Previously, they even dressed the city center's iconic bull statue as Columbia. Which, hilariously, you can find the rates for online through the Hammerson Marketing Agency. You too can dress the Birmingham Bull for rates starting at £5,000 for a fortnight. The UK stage show has stepped up their marketing game a lot this year. There was a really fun video posted a few weeks ago titled Backstage, a day in the life of one of our backstage crew, Charlie Bennett. This shows a lot of behind the scenes during the run of the stage show, cast members goofing off between scenes, and general run-of-show antics. It was pretty entertaining. We will, of course, be linking all of those videos in our show notes. And uh, last month, this iteration of the UK tour surpassed its 500th show during their run at the Endenburg Playhouse. So, big congrats to the UK tour, and uh, here's to 500 more. And last up for us, this week, Rocky made what will hopefully not be one of its last appearances in the most flaccid part of our country, Florida. 
That's because Republican lawmakers in Florida are currently trying to institute a flagrantly homophobic anti-drag bill in an attempt to prevent people under the age of 18 from being in the same building as any sort of drag performance. It literally says that? I mean, it honestly would be better if it did. At least then we'd be able to understand what the fuck they're talking about in this fucking bill. Yeah, what the bill actually states is that... Establishments, that's bars, restaurants, stores, etc., will be subject to criminal penalties, fines, and suspension of their operating licenses if they admit a child to an adult live performance. But, I can hear you asking already, what constitutes an adult live performance? Well, this bill defines it as... Any show in front of a live audience which depicts or simulates nudity, sexual content, sexual excitement, lewd contact, or the lewd exposure of prosthetic or imitation genitals or breasts in cases where the show is one of these things, predominantly appeals to a prurient, shameful, or morbid interest is patently offensive to prevailing standards in the adult community of this state with respect to what is suitable material for the age of the child present, and is without serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value for the age of the child. Hold on. What? Yeah. That all seems, like, really subjective. Like, what exactly is a shameful or morbid interest? Who decides what constitutes serious artistic value? And what the fuck is up with that middle one? If the show is offensive in a way that seems offensive to the state as a whole? There are places in Florida throwing naked alien foam parties, and there are places where idiots are voting idiot lawmakers like this into office. Shit, I couldn't even tell you what people in the Bronx find offensive, let alone the people in Syracuse. How is anyone supposed to be able to measure that in any sort of certainty? Well, first off, nobody in the Bronx finds anything offensive, but they aren't. The bill is intentionally written so that when the Bible Belt Karen gets bored on a Sunday because Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A are both closed, she can go sit outside the Barnes & Noble and call the cops on Drag Queen Storytime. Then, because this bill is so vaguely worded, it'll be up to the courts to decide whether the establishment in question is in violation of the law. The problem with how vague this language is is that there are a lot of live shows that could potentially fall within the scope of the ban that most people wouldn't blink an eye at, including, you guessed it, Hair? The the musical Hair. Grease? South Pacific! Mamma Mia! Here I go again. Con time. All of those performances could fall under this wording. They all contain lewd conduct and simulated sexual excitement, as well as plot lines of sex between teenagers outside of wedlock between interracial couples and, well, hair. Uh, you can make arguments that all of this is shameful and morbid depending on how tiny and pathetic your shriveled up little dick is. Exactly. In fact, one of the good guys made the exact point in court this week and used Rocky and hair as their examples don't understand who makes the decision on what's considered lewd i mean i don't know if you've seen the rocky horror picture show um that's a movie but sometimes people sometimes it's acted live at the same time it's pretty aggressive um some people would think it's art some people would think it's lewd how how do you who makes the decision senator yarborough 
Thank you, Senator Polsky. That, that is a movie that you have mentioned. So we're talking about adult live performances. But if you're talking about if that type of content was portrayed in a show or exhibition like what we talk about in the bill, which would be a live performance, then if there was a complaint that was brought into DBPR, then they would investigate. So he doesn't answer the question at all. And he manages to completely miss the point altogether that Rocky isn't just a movie. Right. What about hair? He doesn't have an answer because he doesn't need one. The law isn't about Rocky or hair. Their local high school is still going to put on their annual production of Grease and Bible Belt Karen won't even bat an eye. In fact, she'll probably bring a salad made out of jello and canned fruit that she brought from her party potluck outside and probably paid for her daughter to play Sandy. <laughs> Just saying. Sandy. Sandy's nuts. And your mouth. <clears throat> So, I mean, this this bill is just one of several that have been popping up around the country recently, much like the one that we discussed the other day that got brought up in Tennessee. The purpose of these bills is to prevent children from being included in queer spaces, because the earlier in life that you teach kids that there isn't anything morbid or shameful about self-expression... There's nothing shameful about drag or not being cisgender or hell, there's nothing shameful even about sex. The easier it will be for them to view all of those things as perfectly normal. And the faster that happens, the faster that these lawmakers abhorrently puritanical ideas will fucking die. Hold on. Before we go any further, I just want to point out that Aaron just said that there is nothing morbid or shameful about self-expression, drag, not being cis, or even sex. I'm going to disagree with you there, because sex with me is morbid and shameful. Uh, you see, but everyone consents to the shame. You see, that's the difference. People are choosing see, that's my That's my kink. <laughs> it's fucking 2023. And the fact that, like, we, we were, like, chill for, like, like a, like a decade or two about this, right? And then all of a sudden, they were like, it's time. It, it's time to not be okay with the things that we have been okay with our entire life now. What really pisses me off about all these laws is that they, they don't come out and specify in the laws what they're trying to do. Right. And, and that's for a very intentional reason. Right. If they were to put into this law that, you know, y you can't be in a space that's got queer people in it, that would be struck down. Right. That is a law that would get struck down. But because they intentionally go with all this bullshit about, well, it's up to the moral values of the larger community. They're just teeing it up for a court case. They're teeing it up for a court case. That if they don't get the result they want, they can push it on to a higher court case. And guess what? the conservatives have been doing to all of the courts especially in the bible belt they're they're packed they're packed so that they don't have to write this frankly disgusting shit into laws and they can let their cronies further up the political landscape handle the actual like oh well we didn't mean that you know that girl who was dressed as jesus for the pageant uh, applied to it just just the queer boy who who wants to do some fucking drag like absolutely disgusting fuck you florida and fuck you every single lawmaker who has even touched this bill i grew up in tennessee and it's just heartbreaking to watch from far away because like 
the way they close these conversations off doesn't stop people from being curious and it doesn't stop people from like, you know, like, like, I think I'm a chill example. Like, I didn't learn a lot about sex. We didn't have great sex education. Um, didn't have a lot of conversations about sexuality in school. Didn't have a lot of conversations with my parents either. And no matter what happens, whether you stay in those states, whether you move away, it's not going to stop someone from finding out who they are or what they love to do. But I think hushing the conversation altogether does more harm than good. Absolutely. It's it's meant to punish those people who don't have the resources to get out of their local community or, you know, any of these kind of things to, to marginalize them. And, and that's fucked up, right? Like, we don't allow marginalization in our laws for any other kind of minority group. Why in the fuck is this legal? Because they're not specifically doing it. Because they're doing, they're doing the underhanded tactics. And I mean, you... I pulled up this news story and I read through it and I, I went to Meg and I said, sweetie, you've got a legal background. Please read through this law and explain to me, like, is this the way that this is supposed to, you know, that, that laws are. And she she just was so pissed off by the time she got through the first couple of paragraphs that, like, had to take a break and be like, this is fucked, man. It's absolutely asinine because we have so much media that actively frames viewpoints like this in a negative light. Even something as, like, silly as, like, Footloose, right? The whole fucking point of Footloose is that you're not allowed to dance in this town. And obviously, the whole idea there is you have this silly movie, this silly piece of media where saying that you're not allowed to dance in this town. Obviously, that doesn't actually exist, right? Like, they're obviously dancing is not outlawed fucking places. But it's the whole idea that something as menial as something that just does not affect anybody is very clearly parodied in media like Footloose. And it's so wild that lawmakers like this can sit there and watch Footloose and be like, yeah, Reverend Shaw is a piece of shit. He's dumb. He's stupid. Why would he outlaw dancing in his town and then turn around and be like, but gay people aren't allowed to be anywhere. And even like if they rewatch the movie, by the end of the, the film, the pastor and the mother, like, you know, the daughter goes to the dance and Ren McCormick sets it all up. And, like, I don't know, at some point in the climax, like, the town starts going crazy because they start, like, burning books and they're like, well, you know, you said this is sinful and that's sinful, so we think that this text is sinful. And he realizes, yeah, like, it's like, you know, if you let your old ideals take the back seat, like, if you don't like drag, you don't have to do it. But if, you know, don't stop someone else who wants to do it from doing it. You know. And and the way that the that they they frame these right this is the i believe this one is defined as protecting children bill something 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 and and the the specifics of this are like uh, a child meaning anyone under 18 can't see any of this stuff so i guess that means that you know uh spring awakenings tour is gonna skip florida i guess that means that you know mama mia we mentioned earlier right there's dragon that like there's so many things that this really is just absurd to apply to but you have to right when things are written into a law like this it has to apply and it's why the lawmakers rightfully brought up rocky horror you know rocky is in a theater it's technically a r-rated movie so does that just mean that every single movie theater in one of these places is going to have to enforce that r rating well of course they will because otherwise they're opening themselves up to legal ramifications and 
furthermore, they have to enforce it in a way that you don't have to enforce for any other R-rated movie, right? If I go to an R-rated movie and I'm with my parent and I'm under 18, that's fine. I can get in. But this now makes that not okay uh, as, as long as somebody is running around in the theater beforehand. What even constitutes a live performance? Is just somebody standing up there beforehand suddenly make it a live performance and then the content in the film applies? It's all this bullshit nebulousness that that just makes it so difficult and like i if if i was running a cast down in florida right now you what what are you supposed to do like you 18 plus like there's no other choice here unless you want to test this fucking law in a courtroom and i just feel like like i'm not a parent i am nowhere close to being parent i don't think i want to be a parent however like especially in this Time in frame. this economy in this economy but like i feel like you know there's a saying somewhere in the universe about like don't tell people how to parent their kids unless they are being like you know physically abusive or like not you know feeding them or doing great but like i feel like you know if you want to take your kid to an r-rated movie like hell there were so many times i was a kid and you know, I'd be like, oh, can we please go see this horror movie? And my dad was like, all right. You know, he did the Google search and was like, this is fine. You know, if you can't sleep, that's your fucking fault. Yeah. You know, that's his choice. Don't tell people how to parent their kids because that's just bullshit. Well, in the state of Florida, it's not bullshit. It's the law. Or well, it's not the law yet. And I mean, if if you are in Florida and these are one of your representatives, obviously reach out so to let them know that. You do not support this horrible, horrible law. You know, there's the possibility it, it will not pass. But uh, this seems to be the trend in a lot of uh, conservative southern states. And what a lot of the conservative movement is trying to do right now is uh, make the uh, make the conversation about these kind of non-issues that are just stemming from hate. And that's fucked up. So to anybody out there that's impacted by this, you know, we support you. We're with you. Fuck them. And, uh, yeah, keep on doing what you're doing. Just keep yourself safe out there. Fuck Florida. Yeah, fuck Florida. Fuck you know, Florida. You know something's wrong when I'm rooting for Disney. Right. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Like, with with the whole, like, you know, shady, or the, the creek, whatever, the land dispute bullshit that was going on. Like, I find myself rooting for Disney over the state of Florida. And, boy, I don't want to root for Disney, man. Right. <laughs> like, Just let the alligators eat them. And uh, yeah, to all those cats down there, if you ever want to have a naked alien foam party, uh, we got plenty of spaces up here in New York. I'm just saying. Come on up and party. <laughs> so I think that does us for all of the news today. Uh, I have a quick correction that I've got to throw out here. Uh, so last week we had a fantastic uh, discussion with Randy uh, about a ask a question for Nixon and all of the stuff. I mentioned during that show that uh, shock treatment was uh, happening at the JCCP. Uh, I, I misspoke on, on some of that. So here's the correction. JCCP has Reefer Madness coming up on April 22nd. Hasn't happened yet, so if uh, you guys want to uh, check that out over in Pittsburgh, uh, I'm sure all those folks out there would love to have you at their Reefer Madness show. Meg and I uh, caught uh, some JCCP shows a few years back. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, you will not want to miss it. They always put on a fantastic show. So absolutely, go check that out. And with that, 
I think that's our show. We want to thank Keely for joining us. We love you, and uh, we'll see you all again soon. And as always, we would like to thank our editor, Aaron, from Tennessee. We appreciate you, buddy. You're doing great. If anybody's got a question they'd like us to research for our Ask a Question segment, or some community news they'd like us to talk about, or even just a cool story to share with the community, you know it, we'd love to include it in our show. Just go to our website, that's rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out the contact form to tell us all about it. And if you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. And... If you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check out our blog at rockytalkypodcast.com. That is talkie with an I-E, not a Y. Don't ask why. And our social accounts on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. <laughs> we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Wait, did you just call yourself a whore? No, I... Am I the whore? It's I think you. We're all whores. Whore. I, you're I'm, the problem. I'm, you're the whore. I'm quite the slut, but <laughs> we all I don't whore get down s- here. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, there's a plane. That's fine. I'll wait. No, no, that's okay. Plane, take your time. <laughs> it's the slowest plane ever. For real. Guys, it's just Dr. Scott in a World War One flying plane. Oh, yuck. <laughs> He's a World War One flying gaze.